Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is Britt Barron. Uh, Britt is a speaker, teacher, course creator, uh, and author of the book, Worth It. Uh, she's passionate yes. about helping people have honest and at times difficult conversations through a book, through her books, through her courses, through her speaking. Britt, welcome. Great to have you here. Hi, happy to be here. So I guess, first off, why a book? Like, how did you see this fit? In, was this a passion project? Did you see this as something that kind of fit into your brand and your business? Why, why write a book? Yeah, great question. I think I'm I'm one of those people, I feel like there's a lot of us out there who have always wanted to write a book. Like, even after my book came out, I found this like thing from second grade that's like what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I literally said book writer. Like, it's just like been in my bones to want to write a book. But I feel like, it wasn't until I wrote worth it that I had anything to say. Um, And not that I didn't have anything to say. I didn't know what to say and how to say it and why. Like I knew I wanted to write a book at some point, but I didn't, I didn't know why I didn't know what I didn't know what. And so when this opportunity sort of like came to, to fruition, it felt just like the most exciting thing ever. Because came to fruition, that was you had a deal come your way. That was you just said, "Hey, I'm going to do this." What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a combination of life circumstance. So, um, where I was heading career wise, of creating my own content, um, sort of relying on my own ideas in the world, and wanting to share things. That sort of happened around the same time that I get got connected to the publisher, and actually they. Originally, they were like, hey, have you ever been interested in writing a book? We think you could write this one. And I was like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. But I have a different idea. And so it sort of forced me to like get clear about what I wanted to write, which was helpful to be sort of asked to write something that I didn't feel was me. And so what, if you don't mind sharing, what was the idea that they were like, hey, you should write this? And... Uh, and what, what was the thought pro- or what, what was the why behind the idea that you ended up writing? Yeah. So what they, what they wanted, uh, which is not a bad idea. It just wasn't a fit for, for me personally. So I had just sort of had this big life experience where, uh, I spent most of my life and career in the evangelical church world, um, and experiencing that. And then sort of came out, um, expanded my idea uh, of the world, and so left that. And their idea was sort of a a guide for um, pastors or people of faith who sort of had expanded their views or felt like they no longer fit inside that box, mm-hmm. um, which was great. A little, it just wasn't what I was sort of going for, but knowing that there was someone interested in, or thought it would be a good idea for me to write a book just sort of like catapulted me into thinking like, well, what do I want to write? Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. How, yeah. How'd you get connected with the publisher? And then how, how did that first deal kind of come to fruition? Yeah. Great question. So um, I actually spoke, I was speaking at a conference um, and there is an acquisitions uh, person from the publisher that I did my first book with in the audience, actually scoping out another one of the speakers. Um, and as luck would have it, I, uh, performed to the best of my ability and, and caught his attention. And so, uh, after that, during the conference, he was like, Hey, you would, do you want to talk about writing? And I was like, okay. Um, so it was, it was very lucky. It was very, uh, providential. And it, I think it's an experience I'll probably never have again. I told you I'm kind of working on a, a second project and that those were night and day experiences. So it was kind of cool to, to have that and, and to have now something mm. to judge it against. Mm. I, I'm going to put a pin in that and our little yeah. asterisk. And I'm going to come back to that the speaking experience that landed the book deal. Um, so I, you know, looking at a lot of your content, um, you know, you got a, you got a TEDx talk, uh, it's what mm-hmm. Beyonce taught me. What Beyonce taught me about race. Yeah. Yeah. What Beyonce taught, taught me about race. You've got a lot of really good, like anti-racism, diversity, inclusion, uh, mm-hmm. content. I think from an outside looking in, I would just think that that would be the book that you would write versus <laughs> totally. worth it. Right. Yeah. And, and so that, that was, was, was really curious for me is, is, why not write that? But like, it just almost seems like it's in the pocket of what you teach, what you talk about, what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, why not write that book? And you kind of already answered, I guess, the why write worth it instead. But mm-hmm. what was your thought process behind that? Yeah, I mean, great question. That is what all signs are pointing to. Maybe <laughs> 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 sort of take a quick peek. And, you know, I think it, it, you could probably relate to this as someone who has their hands in multiple um, cookie jars, I guess, so to speak. I've always been passionate about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism, but I didn't want, I, I didn't want to be put in that box Mm -hmm. and I didn't want everything. So, so I had this, it's, it's sort of hard, like in the, in this world of of being your own creator and and making a brand in a business to mm-hmm. hold multiple things. But mm-hmm. I think that's something that I will fight for, for the, the rest of my, my time on this earth is I, I'm just a person who cares about multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to be able to do that. And there's benefit to that. There's also costs in that. Like if you find a niche and you just hit it hard, like I think that is a fabulous journey for a lot of people, but um, yeah, the idea of being, being pinned into that box early in my career wasn't something hmm. I wanted. Oh, interesting. Um, so what, uh, what's your second book about? That you're working so on? I, yeah, my second book is, um, not fully in the, in the DEI space, but it is, it's yeah. more social commentary, um, and talking about how, uh, a little bit of a critique on cancel culture or some of these bigger ideas and more a look into, is there a way where we can, um, relearn how to make mistakes. Well, mm. is there a way where we can understand the mistakes we've made? Does that change the way we interact with the world around us as it's like changing rapidly, yeah. rapidly, rapidly, mm. like, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what where a we're concept. Going next. 
Yeah. Have honest, difficult conversations and reflect on the mistakes that we've made. Yes. <laughs> Not whatever I, else has made. That's cool. Listen, like that. if you get clear on your own journey, you're going to have a lot more empathy to, to everyone you interact with. So, mm. yeah. Mm. So I want to go back to the pigeonhole thing. Um, yeah. And, and, and I'm not trying to pin you down on this, uh, yeah. but I'm really just curious. Um, looking back, do you wish you would have wrote that book or do you have any plans to write that book in the future? Uh, looking back, no, I I no. don't wish I would have written it. Um, I don't know. I don't have plans to write that specific book in the future, yeah. but I think it will be a part of books that I write. Like it'll be... Mm a good it'll it'll be woven through this next book a lot yeah i think there is hmm there's a like writing the uh so i have a, a digital course in anti-racism yeah, understanding yeah. racism or what um and that is a lot of what i what i want to contribute to the conversation at that time and and even currently is how do we create an on-ramp Right. So it's not the, oh, I got my, um, you know, PhD in critical race theory. It's 101. If you are brand new to this conversation and you're like, what's happening on social media? I don't understand these conversations happening. How can I talk about this or understand this? That's the course for you. Um, that's the conversation. And I don't know that I have felt the need to, I don't know, expand on that yet. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so fast. That's why I keep asking questions about it. It's not not because of like, but it's just so fascinating because I'm like I'm on your site and it's like mm-hmm. ten years of inclu- experience in diversity and inclusion. I worked on. I created a 65 page guide. I'm like that's a book, and then I'm yeah. looking through your courses uh, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, you got a whole course like that. When when I I feel like when someone has done the hard work of creating a course, it's like they've created the book, right? Yeah. It's just in the process of the course. Um. So that so that's just a um. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's really it interesting. It is. And I, cause I almost feel like there's two schools of thought, right? There's like, all right, there's the I don't want to be labeled as that thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's like, okay, you, like double down on a specific thing and then use that thing as the springboard and then exactly. yourself. Uh, and, yeah. like and I don't know that either one's right. I feel like personally, my, my, my perspective has been kind of like, Hey, call me whatever you want. As long as you call me, <laughs> like mm-hmm. yeah. if, all right, if I can do it, if I can get really good at book stuff, mm-hmm. like do I want to be doing that for the rest of my life? Maybe not, but I love books, but it's like, all right, well, that's a really specific skill that's going to get yeah. old. You know, it's like, you talk about it. I've been mm-hmm. doing it for eight years. It's like, all right, I'm answering the same questions. <laughs> um, yeah, but totally. it also is like, it's a window into some of the smartest, most successful people because they're creating mm-hmm. books. Right. It's just like, all right. I feel like at a certain point I'll be able to kind of, if I want to piggyback that into something else. Uh, That's the way I like that. That, well, I, I think you're completely right. And that is like, so my like day job, whatever that means. A hundred percent. My wife and I work for the the company that we've started, but I do like um, anti-racism, these, um, counteracting bias, these trainings for organizations. So, I mean, it is hilarious that that isn't what my book is about, but there's this, like, I don't know if you can relate. There's like, there's the entrepreneur side of me who Mm. like everything you said, I'm just like, absolutely. Like 
you find a lane, you become the expert in that lane, you run with it, you go as far as you can. Like exactly, call me whatever you want, call me, like mate, like is your money green? <laughs> like you can be my client. And then there's the like artist creative side of me that is like, I have to be free. I totally. need to be a free bird. And they're always just like kind of going back and forth with each other. Well, and, it, I, and I think it's it, it can be creatively constrictive, right? Mm-hmm. If you feel like that's the book that you have to write, well, then all of a sudden I'm not excited to write that book. <laughs> Why uh, do I want to do that? This is the book that everyone's expecting me to write that I've already talked about for the last how many ever years that whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is like there's no inspiration or pull to that thing, which I think yeah. can sometimes demotivate actually doing it. Yeah, totally. Really interesting. Well, hey, let's talk um, book number one. Uh, so worth it. Um, overcome yeah. your fears and embrace the life you were made for. Um, wh- what did you do to successfully launch this book? Um, get a bunch of reviews, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, it was really fun because it came out July 2020. So <laughs> it was wild because it's my first book. And so we do all of this work to like, Here's the launch plan. We're doing a book tour with Lululemon because that was like a partnership I had at the time. We're going to be in like different stores all over the country. We're going to be like telling all these things. And um, then March 2020, you know, things shut down. We're like, it's okay because it's only two weeks. So by July, we'll be up and running, you know. Um, And so we kind of went back and forth. Like, and then by May, we were like, I don't think we're going to get out of this anytime soon and so we did a full pivot which was like fun and like scary but we had a so I have an email list which is like I'm sure a lot of your listeners know like email lists are the way to go um and so weekly email and so through my email list um I did like promoting I wrote like kind of Close the launch, I wrote a bonus chapter, gave that to anyone who wanted to be a part of my email list, then did a launch team out of the email list, gave them access to, we just did some like video chats online, some fun things, asked everyone in the launch team and on my email list to review it uh, the week it came out. And then I pivoted the tour to like a digital podcast tour. So just everyone in with the podcast, just, you know, can I be honest? Can I talk about this thing? Um and sort of promoted that way, which um, was great. And I'm excited to to see what a non um, quarantine book launch is like. But it was, <laughs> I think, I'll always think fondly of the of that launch and mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. It, uh, what what worked the best? Or what, mm-hmm. I know it's a lot of times it's hard to track book sales and Amazon doesn't tell you all the data and all that stuff, but. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Was there anything that you felt like moved the most books? Yeah, good question. I think, uh, to be honest, so you already know that your your people are going to buy the book. 
So like, Mm -hmm. you know, your launch team, your email list, your, the people you're in, I think what worked the best outside of that were definitely podcasts, just like getting my name and having good conversations. Um, and then like speaking, speaking gigs. So I feel like I've been speaking a lot longer than I've been writing. And so I feel confident if I can get in front of an audience, I'll be able to, Mm. um, you know, create some, uh, some friends, uh, who would, who would want to support. And so I think those are two big, biggest, just being Mm. able to have a conversation in front of someone, I feel like really move the needle beyond just the people who already like you already like you. Mm -hmm. Cool. I like that. You're talking about speaking skills and and how that's, you know, kind of bread and butter. This is where I'll go back to the asterisks Uh earlier uh, (laughs) or the the pen we put in it. So speaking got you your first book deal. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, back in the day, you were a pastor uh, at a big church at a young age, I think at 26. Um, I've I've always like kind of thought, because obviously grew up in the church as well, and in two perspectives, like my brother plays in a Grammy nominated rock and roll band and the mm-hmm. band started in the church. And so it's like, it's like playing mm-hmm. a concert every week. And and there's so many bands that come out of churches, but then also, um, you know, I've always thought that like being a pastor is like the Super Bowl of public speaking. Cause every single week you got to come up with a new message. <laughs> totally. It's new. It's 45 minutes. You've got to engage an audience. You probably have no slides. Um, mm-hmm. and it's from scratch and you've got six days to create the next one. And so it's just like the level of content creation and speaking ability and all of the things that, that it's just, it's a, I don't even know, like an incubator almost of that. So long preamble to ask about <laughs> how do you feel like your time as a pastor helped you become a better writer and a better speaker? Oh, I mean, yeah everything you said, like, you know, I think we know this as like, you watch American Idol or like some of the greats, like Whitney Houston started singing in church, like all these people, it's like, you know, that, that is in itself an incubator. And I think everything you said is true. By the time I started speaking at like conferences or doing keynotes for organizations, I already had my 10,000 hours plus, like the, the reps that you get, I think, you know, I used to do like um, speaker coaching and What's hard, I mean, there are tips and tools and things you can engage in, but the number one thing by far that will make you a better speaker is speaking. And so you got to see what works and find your cadence and find your pace. And so I think being a pastor, especially like starting young um, and getting all those reps in, it just, there's, there's few other experiences in the world that could give you that kind of time um, to a craft than that. And so definitely super grateful for that experience. And it absolutely made me the communicator I am today. Hmm. Do you feel like there's any crossover with writing or do you think it's strictly speaking? Like, like meaning did all that predominantly help you when you have to go give a talk? Cause I mean, obviously you gave that talk, mm-hmm. the acquisition agent is there to see someone else sees you says, Hey, this is interesting pitches you on a book you say i don't want to do that idea and they say all right well yeah we'll do this other idea <laughs> you want to do that something yeah. else, you left a great impression so the speaking crossover mm-hmm. is there do you think there's any crossover with the writing like the, the, have you seen ways that your writing's better because you spoke 
Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think if you can, if you can um, find the discipline to be able to generate ideas, string them together, communicate them. If you could do that through your voice, you could do that through the written word. Not tip for tat. Obviously, there's different sort of skills, but um, like one thing I do that is just helpful in the writing process is like I have like Otter, like the dictation thing, and I'll just like walk around like my neighborhood talking out loud because it's like sometimes easier to get my brain going talking, and then I'll go back and I'll you know I'll sort of fill in the blanks. So I think you know different forms of communication require different disciplines, but I think if you can do one well, it's a really good start. Mm, nice. And cause have you, uh, have you spoken any of parts of your book? Like, is that a process that you do or are you mostly, Hey, I want to sit down and actually write it out. I'll speak some of them, especially mm-hmm. if I get, if I get stuck, um, then I, yeah, I take my phone and I'll just talk to myself as I walk around. Um, I live by the the Rose Bowl here in LA and it's like a, a three mile loop. and literally you'll see me there a lot of days just talking to myself as I walk around <laughs> just trying to like work through an idea yeah and is uh, do you have any rhyme or reason for that is it all right hey I've got some notes or some thoughts is it hey just press record like how do you do that in a way that's effective for you yeah it's my go-to if I am writing and I get stuck which is like pretty common for me of like I start to be really like I have an idea and then as I'm writing it out sometimes I'll like confuse myself or like I'll just I'll I'm like does this make sense it's not working but I know that I could explain it to someone and that's always my sort of um like POV if I'm walking like I'm pretending like I'm trying to explain this to someone um and so usually the the prompt for like walking and talking um is like I'm stuck I need to think through an idea. I need to pretend like I'm explaining it and move my body as I'm doing it. Sort of get get the stuckness out of my myself, if that makes sense. Cool. Got it. Um, let's talk about uh, forwards. So, yeah. so you got, uh, obviously, uh, with your first book, you got Rachel Hollis uh, as mm-hmm. the forward. Um, How do you do that? And maybe also more importantly, any tips for people on it? Cause I feel like it's every author's dream, right? Is like, yeah. all right, I got the famous forward. It's yeah. like someone big to write the forward for my book. Mm-hmm. So yeah. How'd you do it? And any tips or, or uh, recommendations for people? Yeah. Uh, well, I asked, um, <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, gosh, okay. I know, you know, well, I, well, Rachel's a friend of mine. And so that, that one was, was sort of easier in that I had a a personal connection, but um, even in asking for the forward for my second book um, was less uh, connected to to the person. Um, And truly what's funny is so he's a, I don't know what I'm allowed to even say. So I'm not gonna say who it is, but he's very successful, like three New York times bestsellers. Like, um, and he said, no one had ever asked him to write a, a forward before. Cause I was like, Hey, like, um, you know, I really, you know, really like this. And my agent really thinks this would be really good. I kind of like pinned it on him. I was like, um, and he was like, Oh sure. He's like, no one's ever asked me. So I don't know like what, and I'm like, cool. Like it was very, um, 
it was very funny to me. And, and so I think when you think about forwards, I think we think that people are like constantly getting bombarded, but I really don't think they are. Like I have uh, come across a lot of sort of kind people and especially in book world, like book celebrities are so different than regular celebrities. Like some of your favorite authors, you probably wouldn't recognize them walking down the street. You know what I mean? So like, they're not these people who are being mm. constantly bombarded for like mm. photos and like, you know, I think it's, it's genuinely kind of like very, um, a compliment to, to reach out and say like, Hey, I, you know, I'm a really big fan. Here's what I'm thinking. Like if here's the book, I sent the book proposal, like mm. here's for the content. Here's why I feel like you would fit for a forward. Like, and oh, cool. you know, yeah. So personalizing it to them, giving them some context. Did you do anything that, anything else that made it easier for this person, this mystery three times New York times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you do anything else that made it easier for them to say yes? Yeah. I told, I, so I got from my, I don't know what off the top of my head, but from the publisher, I was like, what is the average word count that you'd be asking for? Um, And I gave that up from, because I remember it being like low, low. And I know that was, I can't remember what it was. I can like a thousand words or something. Yeah, like literally a thousand, like fifteen hundred words, like very chill. Blog post, yeah, yeah. And so I threw that in there too because I didn't want to make it seem like, hey, can you give me five thousand words at your earliest convenience? You know. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I just gave like all that information of like it'd be like a thousand words, like, and then left it super open, like if you if it's too much, like no big deal. Mm. Um, but then yeah, and then I sent whenever I try like ask someone to you probably do this too, like um, even in asking people to review my book or even for my book proposal, I had a big section, like what people are saying about Brit, where I reached out to all these people, would you, maybe you could say something like this and then would give them a blurb that they could just like edit into their own voice if they wanted. Just a really low barrier to entry if you're asking someone who you know is very busy to, to do something for you, just give them as much information as you can. Make it as easy as possible. Smart and and sometimes what I've seen people do and what I've done as well is just give people multiple options. Hey, here's three options for blurbs. You can choose mm-hmm. one. None of them. You can blend them, but you're at least it's it's one less step that the person has to take um, for an endorsement or, or review or something like that. Exactly. So, yeah. So you're in the middle of book two. What are the biggest yes. lessons learned from book two? To, uh, so you're, I guess you're in the middle of the writing. So there will be, mm-hmm. I'm sure, marketing lessons on down the road. But as far as the, from to where you're at now, where kind of the biggest lessons and things you're doing differently with book two? Um, well, the biggest thing I did differently from the start is uh, I got an agent, a literary agent, which a lot of people recommended for book one. But I was like, I don't know. I like the, and I I would do it probably the same again. Um but that was fun because that's a completely different experience. So for book number two, I actually shopped, I talked to multiple publishers, which is not something I, I did in book one. I just, one person asked me and I was like, sure. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Um, and so book number two being like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of like out here, like, you know, taking multiple phone calls, really begging, <laughs> begging them, but still, yeah. Multiple publishers uh, yeah like wow am i famous um but then you kind of realize like that's kind of a normal part of the process um and that's what sort of having an agent will will help you accomplish and so 
that was fun because it, it forced me to. So I had a far more in depth proposal for book number two. Way more time spent in that in that arena, um, and I would do. I'll do that again um, for every book. And so now I'm in the middle of the writing, and it's just like, you know, you get a certain part of the writing. You're like, why did I? Why did I agree to do this? Um, <laughs> yes. But still very happy uh, to have this be a part of my life, but currently also regretting it. <laughs> um, it's me or yourself. Yeah, exactly. I don't know at this point. Yeah, it's really a toss-up. Uh, um, I'll show you yeah. this. You might get a kick out of this. This is a uh-huh. my new book published. It's okay. uh, and this is not a concept oh. that's original to me, but it's kind of fun to retell it. Uh, okay. But it's like the creative. It's the creative process, right? Where it starts out. This is going to be awesome. This is hard. This is terrible. I'm terrible. Hey, not bad. That was awesome. And I feel like uh, the part so- you're at, like the messy middle of writing, is kind of like that. This is terrible. I'm terrible. Portion right there. I'm right there in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> My wife keeps walking by the other day. I was writing, and she's like, "No, going good." And I was like, "No." <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, I'm going upstairs." <laughs> I was like, Great. "Yeah, you know, it's just unfortunately." I I literally was just talking to to my therapist about this, and I was like, "Writing isn't hard. Writing not hard. It's everything that surrounds the the writing. It's the mental mm-hmm. gymnastics that you have to mm-hmm. do to like quiet the voices, get yourself oh, yeah. down, feel all those things." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "Do you think maybe that is just a part of the writing?" And I'm like, "Oh God, probably. You're probably <laughs> exactly right." You're like, "Hold on." <laughs> I yeah. gave you that less problems. Right. That's not helpful. <laughs> Looking for yeah, a quick fix. About, well, this is a part of the writing. Now maybe yeah, I'll yeah. Hate writing. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, I think it is. There's mm. if you don't go on that little the exactly from your book, what you just showed, if you're not on that sort of on a constant loop, basically, then I don't know that you're writing the thing that you really need to write. Yeah. It's a creative process. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm. Oh, love to hate it. I, <laughs> same. I, I can't remember uh, Stephen <clears throat> Pressfield. It, it was either on the podcast or he came and spoke at our conference, but he, he said this, I think it was him that said this quote. It was, I don't like writing, but I like having written. Mm-hmm. Oh, literally. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so exactly I it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's the same with like, I don't like working out, but I love, having gone to the gym yes but mm. uh that first five minutes there i'm like what am i doing <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. well this has been fantastic brit what what yes. would you say is kind of your parting piece of advice to the brit from you know a few years ago before you wrote your first book and all the other brits out there who uh and not people from the uk but all, the people named brit uh <laughs> yeah. thinking about writing their first book what would be kind of your parting piece of advice Oh, I would just say, figure out what's important to you and then take the path that allows that to be true. So I don't think there's any rule book. There's not one right way to publish. There's not one right way to write. There's not one right way to get it out there. So whatever is most important to you, if it's the content, if it's the visuals, if it's whatever is the most important, take the path that lets that be true. Mm. Love it. Well, Brett, this has been awesome. Where can people go to buy your book, 
mm-hmm. uh, to check out more about what you're up to, whatever would be most helpful for, for people to go. Yeah. So you can get my book, uh, basically anywhere books are sold. It's called worth it. Uh, you can find me on, uh, the internet, specifically on Instagram at Britt Barron, one T and two R's or my website, BrittBarron.com. BrittBarron.com. Check out the book. It's called worth it. Overcome your fears and embrace the life you were made for, or you can just find her on the internet. In yes. <laughs> thank <laughs> just you. Find me anywhere on the world wide web. <laughs> uh, thank you, Britt. This is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, So number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.